Welcome to the Naked Wellness Podcast. I'm your host, nutritionist, Michaela Shifley, the founder of KJ Wellness. On this podcast, we'll talk about all things nutrition and wellness. We'll cut through the bullshit information out there, debunk health myths, interview health experts, and give you actionable steps to help you become the best version of yourself. So go grab yourself a nice hot cup of coffee and strap in to hear the cold hard truths about health. Welcome back to the Naked Wellness Podcast. Today I have with me Claire Bates. Claire is a sports dietitian and Claire and I both share quite a common interest in having a very balanced approach to achieving your health goals and also living a healthy, balanced lifestyle. So I thought it would be perfect for Claire and I to get together and to bust some of the common health myths that are out there. So welcome, Claire. Thank you so much for having me. Did you want to start off by telling us a little bit about yourself? Have you had your own health journey? How did you become a sports dietitian? Like, was there something in particular that sparked that for you? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I would say my health journey started before I really knew it started. So Mm. I've always loved food, was always really fortunate and lucky to have been brought up in a household where we had access to fresh veggies, fresh fruits. Um, cooking was a way of expressing love and still is with lots of friends and family so the way I have always viewed food and nutrition is always from a perspective that really connects every single living thing and I think it's such a powerful thing humans have in common and I'm so fascinated with how big of a role it plays on our health Mm. and growing up I've always been through the physical and mental challenges where it where I can actually feel and see the difference nutrition makes. Um, So playing a lot of sport, when I fueled myself correctly, I would play a better netball game. Or at school, if I ate better, I would be less anxious, more productive, feel healthier, feel confident. Um, But unfortunately, during school time, I also went through a time where skinny was glamorized and marketing was so toxic Mm -hmm. and not as regulated as it is now but um for example like the skinny me teas we're in and um all Mm. those types of things which are so bad um so dangerous and toxic so coming out of all of that I was just so passionate about wanting other people to fall to not fall into those marketing traps and I want everyone to feel a difference of properly feeling themselves and optimizing their health because it really has such a big impact on our daily life. Yeah, and I love how you physically experience it all as well. And I completely understand where you're coming from because I will never forget the first time I went for a run and the night before I'd had pizza. Not saying pizza is, mm-hmm. you know, the best meal to have before um, the night before running, but it was great in this instance. And the next day, like, I hit PBs in distance, in pace and all. Yeah. And I know that carbs <laughs> are great for that t- style of training anyway but I was just like wow when you can actually physically feel it Mm -hmm. and you can put it down and be like okay well this is what I did differently to normal so this is what I actually need to adjust for me personally it's so different from just knowing the facts and then actually being able to physically experience it and feel the difference yeah I agree yeah so that was one of the key things that pushed me towards studying nutrition so um, with my health study journey I mm. did an undergrad of Bachelor of Exercise and Nutrition Science yeah. and I basically graduated as a nutritionist but I fell more in love with nutrition and science and how food interacts with the body so yeah. um, as a dietitian we're accredited to basically use food as medicine which really interests me so yeah. I applied for my Master's of Dietetics 
Um, and then when we were studying during COVID, um, I was at home all day and then just started filming my lunches and putting them on TikTok when TikTok was all new and during that COVID lockdown phase. And then, um, yeah, people really liked it. So I thought I could use TikTok and Instagram as a platform for kind of sharing the right information because mm-hmm. there's so much misinformation out there. So yeah and kind of help people overcome their barriers for eating healthy like um, cost and um, effort so creating lots of budget-friendly easy meals and recipes and um, yeah sharing what I was learning as a dietitian with evidence-based nutrition um, and kind of taking over that toxic marketing from just cash grabs really (laughs) (laughs) they are aren't they and there's there's so much misleading information out there you could google anything and you get hundreds and hundreds of different answers Mm -hmm. to it and even there's different people out there promoting different things people who aren't even qualified promoting different things and as somebody who's actually qualified i know you probably experience this as well when random things pop up like if it's let's take a skinny me tea for an example you're just like this is so infuriating how are these things still around today but there is a market for them because i think a lot of people still believe that there can be a quick fix or they want Mm -hmm. that because as humans we gravitate towards the law of the least amount of effort in these kind of things but i think it is so great that you were putting information out there and you're like you know what you can still achieve whatever your health goal is and it doesn't have to be expensive. It can be super easy, super quick. You don't have to spend hours in the kitchen. If you don't want to meal prep, you don't have to meal prep. You can make things fresh. Like whatever it is, everyone is so different. Everyone lives a different lifestyle. So you just do what works for you. You don't have to copy what somebody else is preaching is the best thing ever. Yes, or spend hundreds of dollars. Mm. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, that's kind of why what happened with um, social media side. but. Um, yeah, I graduated master's as a dietitian and I've always loved sport and being active. So um, went straight away to do a online six-month sports dietitian course. Um, so, yeah, since then, been working in private practice with a um, range of clients, mostly to work on those long-term sustainable goals, which will be yeah. probably a key word you'll hear throughout <laughs> all <of> this. <laughs> yeah, but I think it's so important because when you're so fixated on a quick fix, you might get there, but you just bounce right back to exactly where you started. Whereas if you can have that long-term sustainable goal and you're chipping away at it and you're actually creating life, a lifestyle and habits that you can have for the rest of your life, that's what you want because it makes it so much easier to maintain once you get to that goal. Yeah. And it's just, it just creates such a bigger impact as well, rather than just that short-term quick fix. Yeah. Definitely. So I'm so excited because I put up for those if they if they don't know, I put up a poll on my Instagram the other day just asking what common myths, facts, health topics do you want us to kind of cover or dive into today? And we did. We got quite a large response. And a lot of them I thought as well that some of them I know maybe you cover them quite often as well. And I know I have definitely covered them as well. So it was really interesting to see how many people out there still believe that some of these myths or facts that came through. So I'm so excited for us to dive deeper into a lot of them. Yeah, definitely. All right. Shall we start? Let's start with um, one of them. So I've pretty much, I'm just going to read them out as they were sent through as well. So somebody sent through and said, I was told the other day that any fats you eat turn into body fat. Is this true? 
Yes, I can see how this can be misinterpreted. So yeah. the answer is no, mm-hmm. not necessarily. Um, our body stores energy in the form of fat, but that doesn't mean that the fat we eat is directly stored as that fat, if that yeah. makes sense. So the fat we eat is broken down like anything else we consume, but it's more to do with the amount of calories we're balancing. So if we're eating more calories than we're expending, our body loves to store that. And our body is really, really good with storing energy because it's just a survival mechanism. Um, But that is how energy is stored in the form of fat. Fat is also almost double the calories per gram compared to protein and carbs. So it is quite calorie dense. But that doesn't mean it's a non-essential part of our diet. Um, We use it for so many bodily functions like essential hormone production and it keeps us insulated. So it's definitely not something to eliminate and it's one Mm -hmm. of our key macronutrients. Um, But the key takeaway is that fat, the fat we eat isn't stored as a fat. It's when when we're eating more calories than we're burning. Yeah, 100%. And I know from a lot of clients that I've seen, especially the ones who have gone through a phase of tracking their calories in particular, typically end up restricting on fats because Mm -hmm. you're right, like they are more calorie dense, but they are so important to keep in your diet. And if you have a well-balanced meal, there is and there needs to be some sort of healthy fat in that meal, whether that's the olive oil that you cook in, the dressing that you use, um, in addition to the plate, like some avocado, some nuts, some seeds, whatever it is, but it's so important to keep in there. Yeah, so when our body stores fat, it's from being in a calorie surplus rather Mm. than being in a calorie deficit. But no, fat does not turn into body fat. (laughs) Not at all. So eat your fats and enjoy them. Eat your fats. All right, the next one was how to support someone if they want to lose weight and have body image issues. I thought this one was really interesting because weight loss, it's still a big topic and there are people out there and, you know, losing weight, there's absolutely nothing wrong if that is your goal either. But if you do have a history or you do currently struggle with your body image it is important that you almost kind of separate the two i find and it's like Mm -hmm. why why do you want to lose weight is it coming out of a place of self-hatred or is it coming out of a place of self-love because if you're going Mm. into this journey of weight loss because you're constantly putting yourself down and you're constantly staring in the mirror and picking out all of the things that you absolutely hate about your body then you're only going to go down a spiraling path of it getting worse and worse and worse to the point where, you know, you don't want to go out anymore because you hate everything you wear. You get anxiety if you're going out socializing, whatever whatever it could lead to. So I think it is so important that you almost have to sometimes, depending on where you're at with it, but take that step back and work on mindset, body image, appreciating and loving that you have so many things to be grateful for about your body that you can still move every day that your body does digest it works so hard every day to break down and use the foods that you're eating as energy to just keep your body functioning on a day-to-day basis um there's so many things that you can look at when it comes to your life your body that you can be grateful for and appreciate and sometimes it's important to focus on that before you then go into the weight loss journey what's your what is your opinion on that Yeah, I completely agree. I think it's really common um, 
when you're wanting to start a weight loss journey to even have a slight body image issue. Um, mm. So I think it's really important to address that straight up as well. Um, because if you're associating a number on a scale with your weight loss success yeah. or defining you and your body, then that's immediately um, something negative that you have to disassociate with each other because a number on a scale at the end of the day means nothing. I yeah. think also another point you said was um, you have to also acknowledge why you're doing it and yeah. why you think losing 5, 10, 20 kilos would automatically improve your body image because mm. it will not. <laughs> um, nope. It's also so easy to overlook um, your self-love, positive self-talk, supporting yourself, yeah. feeling confident, things like that um, when you're on a weight loss journey. So, yeah, definitely think it's important not to associate a number with your health um, mm -hmm. and especially your weight loss success. Yeah, you're so much, you're worth so much more than what that number on the scale yeah. says. And I've seen it before as well. If you go into a weight loss journey and you do not have any of that self-love or that even self-acceptance. And when it comes to self-love, mm -hmm. it's not that you have to love every single part of your, your body. Like we're all human. Of course, we dislike different parts of ourselves. Like that's just natural. Um, but you can actually accept yourself and that's a difference. And if you yeah. go into a weight loss journey not accepting yourself and not having any a little bit of self-love, you will never be satisfied with what you see. You will always want more. Like you you just no matter what weight you get to, you would just want to lose more and more and more. Whereas if you have acceptance and you can accept where you are at and you know exactly what you said that deep why like why is this so important to you how are you going to feel different how will your life look different when you get to that end goal if you can pick a battle apart and have it clearly laid out for you to start the journey then you will have an end goal and actually be satisfied when you get there yeah, yeah. It's also really important to make sure you're doing it for yourself as well. Yeah. Weight loss is extremely hard um, mm. and you don't have to do it alone. You can do it with someone um, accredited, um, but it's you're, you should be doing it for the right reasons and for yourself um, rather than for anyone else, for a number, things like that. So, um, yeah, I think it's really important to take care of your mind first before um, any of your journey starts really. Mm. And it can be hard. It can be hard to accept that you can't yeah. start that weight loss journey right now because like we said before, as humans, we just we want everything instantly and we want it yeah. now. <laughs> and I get it. I know how hard it can be to be like, okay, it might take an extra couple of months because you have to work on that mindset first. But in hindsight, yeah. it will be so worthwhile because then at least once you get to that end goal, you can then maintain it rather than yo-yoing up and down all the time. Exactly. Yep. I agree. Perfect. Okay. Next one is, <laughs> is it important to have a period? Yes. Big, big. Yes. Mm -hmm. So it is so important. Um, and if you have had a regular period before and you have lost it, um, it is called amenorrhea and you need to see a dietitian or a GP immediately, basically. Mm -hmm. um, the biggest concern from losing your period um, can be from not eating enough, having extremely low body fat levels and a low body weight. Um, there's a, a significant link to osteoporosis, yeah. which can lead to premature bone loss, decreased bone mineral density, 
which increases your risk for injuries, stress fractures, and even infertility. So it is so, so important um, to have a regular period and, um, yeah, definitely a red flag if you've lost your period to seek help immediately. Yeah, for sure. And I know that when I lost my period, I went and saw a GP, a couple actually, and a lot of them said, it's fine. You don't have to bleed every month. Oh, it's fine. Just go back on the pill. Like there were so many no. band-aid <laughs> approaches to it. And luckily, yeah. luckily yeah. I was in the position where I was to be like, okay, no, I know that I probably should be bleeding mm-hmm. every month because I have previously. So yes. I went down the path and kept seeing different people until I got to the root cause of it all. But that I think that is something to also look at is when you go to your GP and say, I am missing a period because they most of the time they will get you to hop on the scales and be like, look, your BMI is fine or something mm-hmm. like that, unless you are very underweight. Um, so like, it's all right, you know, just go back on the pill or you don't have to bleed every month as long as you're ovulating. And it's important yeah. that if you have had a regular period before and you now have lost it, you shouldn't have lost it. So you do need to get to that yeah. root cause of why is it missing and how can you start to work to get it back? I think that's such an important message and um, in terms of evidence, there's not many studies on females because we are Mm -hmm. so complicated. Um, But as you went through, do not accept no as an answer. Um, You should be having a regular period, especially if you had one before. So, yeah, as as you said, you have to keep seeking help until you get that answer. Just don't accept a Band-Aid over it (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah and the journey is is, it is hard to get your period back but and I think sometimes as well for a lot of women especially if you lose it when you're young and it's like oh but it doesn't matter if you're thinking fertility in particular it's like oh but I don't want children for another 10 years but what we don't realize is if we don't get it back to being a regular cycle now it still has large implications on our fertility later down the track anyway yeah yeah very very important to have a period the next one is i am scared to start eating carbs again i hear so many mixed messages about them i there was quite a few ones that came through about carbs and this one Mm -hmm. is one of the ones that surprised me because i definitely put out a lot of information of how important carbs are Mm -hmm. i love carbs every single meal every day like eat them love Love it But obviously there are still so many people out there that have that fear against carbs. Yeah. Again, so much toxic marketing about carbs and how they cause weight gain. Um, We even see it. I still see it on social media with models saying Mm. they don't eat carbs. And I'm like, why would you say that? You have so many followers, uh, especially Mm -hmm. young people. Mm. Um, But no, carbs are so good for us. They're our main fuel source. They're our brain's main fuel source. Um, Our body loves them. They give us energy and they fuel us. So they are so important for our diet. The Australian Dietary Guidelines actually recommends carbs should make up 45 to 65% of our diet. So that's over or should be over um, half of our diet of carbs, which is pretty significant. Um, But, yeah, there's definitely a lot of misinformation out there. Again, with the fat, they don't cause weight gain unless you're eating your full calories in a surplus from what you're expending. So whenever you hear carbs gain cause weight gain that's a red flag and you should run away (laughs) 
<laughs> run in the other direction. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And people who have been on, let's take keto diet for an example, which restricts carbs quite heavily. And people say, oh, but it's great because I know X person who lost this amount of weight in mm-hmm. such a short period of time. And I'm like, yeah, but it's water weight. Like as soon as they eat carbs yeah. again, they got that, the number on the scales is going to go back up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yes. With any uh, with any fad diet as well, most of the weight loss comes from actually tracking your food. So mm-hmm. you can be quite amazed how much attention um, you can put into tracking your food and what result that can come out of with anything. So you could eat 100% carbs and still lose weight. Yeah, it's just how you manage your calories. So calories is a big picture. Um, carbs are an essential part of our diet, and mm-hmm. um, you should definitely not eliminate or exclude them at all. Um, they're also essential for our gut microbiota. So they yeah. um, have lots of fiber, and that can also lead to lots of gut issues. Um, but most importantly, they taste amazing, and we love them. <laughs> Yeah, hundred percent. They're great. I it would be a sad life not being able to eat carbs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's definitely um, there's two types of carbs as well. There's complex mm-hmm. and simple. So complex should be um, prioritized. That's things yeah. like whole grain or wholemeal breads, pasta, rice, potatoes, and then the simple sugars are your um, refined sugars like cakes, chocolate. Um, donuts biscuits all of those which you should be moderating anyway but Mm. are still completely healthy in moderation so Mm -hmm. um, it's definitely good to associate different types of carbs um, and which sources you should be having more of so more of the complex carbs to fuel your body and then a little bit of the simple but it doesn't mean you can't have any definitely The next one is, so after this one, we'll be covering all of our macronutrients. Can you eat too much protein? Yes, in a way. Um, It depends on your goals. So our body only likes to synthesize or break down and utilize 30 to 40 grams of protein per main meal. Anything over that, we're just going to excrete via urine. Um, So it's really important to, if you're wanting to optimize every single gram of protein you're having, to have a maximum about 40 grams per meal um, and eating every three to four hours. So that's when the peak of um, our optimization for our body likes to um, break down protein every three to four hours. So um, yeah, just definitely depending on your goal. If you have any more protein, our body just won't utilize it and it's basically a waste <laughs> <laughs> yeah because i there is a lot of marketing out there at the moment i feel like protein's being slapped and labeled onto absolutely everything yep. somebody even mm-hmm. sent me the other day it was bigger have just bought out a peanut protein spread and i was like this is insane peanuts are like peanut butter is already naturally quite high in protein and when i looked at the nutritional yeah. labels of them both like it's no high i think it was maybe one or two grams higher in protein compared to regular peanut Mm. butter. But just because everybody, protein is being thrown around, like it's this thing that everyone needs to get enormous amounts of protein in your day, in your diet. But really it's a lot of the products that say protein on it. Like it is a marketing tactic as well for some of them. Obviously it has a place, but yeah, just being mindful. And I think what you said about balancing the protein intake out throughout the day is incredibly helpful. Yeah, it's definitely a trend at the moment. So Mm -hmm. um, if you have a 60 grams of protein meal versus a 40 gram, 
just have the 40 gram and then make up the rest with lots of carbs and fats if you're wanting to balance calories. But um, as humans, we can have as little as one gram of protein per kilogram a day, Mm. which is quite small. Yeah. And very, very manageable, like easy to get that. Yeah. Super manageable. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. So the next one was, what are some meals that I can eat that will keep me full? And I think we've kind of touched on a lot of this already, but I guess now it's just like bringing it all together. Yeah, it's a perfect summary question. Mm. So we have the three macronutrients, which we went through, the fats, Mm -hmm. carbs, and protein. So just simply a balance of all three. Um, As I said before, the carbs, lots of complex carbohydrate sources, um, which are also high in fibre. Fibre helps us feel full and actually triggers a satiety, um, which is a feeling of fullness. So things like brown rice, multigrain, bread, um, potatoes, things like that. And then a high quality lean protein source also triggers our satiety. So it makes us feel full after eating. Um, and then making sure to include a healthy unsaturated fat source like avocado, extra virgin olive oil, nuts and seeds. And fat actually um, helps us feel satiated, which is feeling full between meals. So protein helps us feel full after eating and in fact keeps us full between meals. So that's why it's a really important to have a balance of all three. Mm, definitely. And then the other thing I always say to my clients in particular as well is make sure the meal is mentally satisfying as well. Yeah. It's something that you yep. actually are going to sit down and enjoy eating. If you're yes. trying to force yourself to eat like poached chicken unflavoured with some steamed Ooh. veggies, like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like yeah. you're going mentally, you're going to be like, hmm, I still feel like something that actually tastes a little bit better. But if you can sit yeah. down and it's like, I don't know, like let's take a loaded sandwich for an example or something like that, where you sit down, and you're like, yum, this tastes great. Mentally, I'm satisfied. Yeah. You've hit all of those macronutrients that we went over. Amazing. Like it's going to get you yeah. to the next time you eat, whenever that is. Yeah, it doesn't have to be boring. Um, it's always helpful to include some colours as well from plants mm. for your micronutrients, for your vitamins and minerals. Um, so, yeah, as you said, making sure it's really um, mentally satisfying and colourful um, and something you enjoy. Yeah, definitely. So the next one was, I always search for the lowest calorie option in the supermarket. Is this okay? And I have seen this one with quite a few of my clients before as well when they come to see me. Again, a lot of them have gone through um, a tracking phase as well, which is fine. You know, Mm -hmm. tracking works for a lot of people. I'm not putting that down at all. Um, But if it does get to a point where when you head to the supermarket and you maybe feel a little anxious or a little bit of fear around choosing a higher calorie product, even if maybe the ingredients are better in it, then that could be a little bit of a red flag to just assess where you're at in your health journey. And is it time to maybe take a step back from only looking at the macros and the calories of a particular food product? So I would say it it's not the best thing to only be looking for the lowest calorie option in the supermarket. They do have a place. Um, what What's your opinion? Yeah, no, I definitely agree, especially with um, calorie tracking. It can be yeah. so draining and easy to become obsessed with it. So, um, yeah, definitely taking a step back if that's happening or if you're feeling like that and reaching out to someone. Um, mm-hmm. But the lowest calorie doesn't mean healthier. Um, 
so if you had two options and one's lower calories, it doesn't mean it's healthier. Um, you should be looking at the nutritional profile of whatever you're looking at, like a snack or a meal. Um, if something's higher in, um, say, protein, if you're looking for a meal, something that would satiate you and make you feel full mm. and has lots of colours, um, it could be as or a higher calorie than um, something with far less nutritional density so definitely looking at the big picture um and prioritizing whole foods which um is a really big thing especially in a supermarket we can get um really overwhelmed going Mm, through the aisles but if you start with the outside of the supermarket that's where your whole foods are um and then try not to get too caught up in the calories and rather thinking of um the things that we were speaking about before with how to build the most Mm -hmm. nutritionally balanced and satisfying meal yeah absolutely and if it does if you are a little bit scared I guess about starting to eat foods that are high in calories just start really really slowly small pick small things and just build your way up because the more that you do it the more confident you will get that you will be okay by eating these particular types of foods Next one is, is it normal to bloat after eating? Um, Yes, in a way. So Mm. if you put any volume inside of something, it's going to stretch a little bit. Um, Mm. It's just normal. It's just how we digest things. The only thing I would say is if you are getting bloating that is painful, pretty extreme, Um, If you have extreme gas, um, then it's definitely not normal. And if you're experiencing these symptoms, it's worth reaching out um, to get get that checked out. Um, So, yes, it is. um, You should be your stomach should be bigger at the end of the day compared Mm. to when you first wake up naturally. Um, But it's only when you experience that extreme pain of bloating where that's not normal. Yeah. And I guess that kind of leads into to the next question somebody asked is it important to focus on gut health and severe bloating can be one symptom that you don't have the best gut health and i find that gut health it is an important thing to focus on i know that it has been thrown around a bit and it's gone through a few different phases but at the end of the day like your gut health is incredibly important for your overall health yeah yeah i agree so um on the topic of marketing as well, mm. don't need crazy supplements to have good gut health. Yeah. You can get it from food. And gut health is so interesting with the amount of research we've done on it. It is really complicated and hard to explain and research. And there's not much proven or associated yet, which is super interesting. Um, but there is a little bit of research on the gut-brain axis, which is basically an association with the gut and the brain and how the gut affects our emotions and hormones and um, the amount of serotonin we can release and things like that and what makes us feel happy. So gut health, we're learning more and more about gut health um, and how important it is on our mental health as well, which is super interesting. Um, But with bloating as well, not everyone can, it has a perfect gut it's really hard to explain um, and study as well. So um, someone could react to one tiny little sugar um, and it could blow their stomach up. And Mm -hmm. um, it's not, 
normal for everyone to have the same gut health in response to everything people eat. So that's really important to know as well. Yeah, definitely. The next one was that they said, I was told that I should only use coconut oil. I'm assuming they mean only use coconut oil compared to other oils. Is this okay to use? And this one I found interesting because I think it must have been a documentary I watched one time. And coconut oil is so funny because somebody one day woke up and decided, I'm going to tell the world Mm -hmm. that coconut oil is a miracle food. And in this documentary, the people, they rubbed coconut oil all over their vegetables. They stirred coconut oil through their coffee. And I was sitting there and I was like, I just, I don't understand what is going on. Like coconut oil, when you look at like the graphs of oil, it, it's like 97 or 98% saturated fat. Yeah, yeah. But if I handed them yeah. butter and was like, all right, rub this butter all over your vegetables or rub this butter, stir this butter into your coffee, people are like, oh, no, absolutely not. I'm not doing that. That's full of mm-hmm. saturated fat. It's like, <laughs> what? where did coconut, like, who decided that coconut oil was going to be a miracle food? And how did they convince yes. <laughs> <laughs> Again, marketing. It can be oh. so cruel. Um, but, yeah, so um, coconut oil is a saturated fat, which is a bad fat, um, which is also associated with cardiovascular disease and inflammation. So, um, yeah, it's definitely one of the worst oils to use. Instead, I always encourage um, extra virgin olive oil. That's proven to be the healthiest oil and um, to use when you're cooking. And um, just if you're going to use oil, make sure, try to use um, extra virgin olive oil. It's probably the healthiest there. Yeah, I completely agree with that. The next one is, are juice cleansers good for detoxing the body? Ah, yes, detoxing. (laughs) (laughs) There is... There is no such thing as a detox. No. Our organs do that for us. This is mm. why we have our kidneys. Um, so, yes, whenever you hear detox, it is not a thing. Our body does not need it. Um, so, yeah, our kidney does it for us. I get why people like juice cleansing. So it can make them feel um, less inflamed, but that's just because you're not putting any food in your body. So naturally you won't have that natural bloating as we talked about before um, and make it look like your um, stomach has kind of de-bloated because you've just been excreting all of that fiber inside of you out and you haven't replaced it with anything so Mm -hmm. yeah no need to do a juice cleanse at all (laughs) and they're so expensive so expensive (laughs) but just juice yes honestly (laughs) you could just eat an orange or eat an apple (laughs) yeah absolutely oh goodness marketing these days they're getting better and better at it yeah (laughs) yeah gluten-free diets are they healthy this is a tricky one because it depends. Like it depends. If you have celiac disease, then yes, yeah. you need to eat a yeah, gluten-free diet. Yeah. If you aren't yeah. intolerant or don't have celiac disease, then gluten is not bad and you can definitely yeah. incorporate it into your diet. Yeah, so only if you're celiac um, and gluten intolerant is when you should yeah. be having gluten-free things. Um, if you're not any of those things, do not bother having gluten-free. It tastes bad. It, <laughs> um, <laughs> but no, it's, um, it doesn't make it any healthier. It's only um, if you're intolerant or have celiac. Yeah, definitely. Is snacking bad? 
No, we love snacking. I it's love um yeah, it's really healthy to have um sustainable regular eating habits, mm-hmm. which includes snacking. So um I always say the bare minimum is three main meals a day, so breakfast, lunch and dinner, mm-hmm. and then one or two snacks if you can, so morning tea and afternoon tea and then dessert as well. Um, it just keeps the body regulated and also controls our blood sugar levels yeah. um, without avoiding the kind of spikes. So if we go more than five or six hours between meals, um, our blood sugar can get really low and that can make us feel tired and lethargic. So, yeah, the snacking is amazing for maintaining that blood sugar level and giving us energy throughout the day as well. Yeah, and in one particular situation that happened with one of my clients is she would get to dinner time and be starving and she really Mm -hmm. struggled to just have a normal portion of dinner she felt like every single time she got to dinner she would overeat and it was just as simple for her as it was incorporating an afternoon snack that was satisfying and it got her you know she had lunch had her afternoon snack and then by dinner time she wasn't ravenous so she could sit down she could eat her dinner mindfully and she could be satisfied after her dinner as well because it does it takes 20 minutes for your body to actually register that you have just eaten and in that 20 yep. minutes of her body breaking everything down and, and registering that she could eat so much because she thought that she was so incredibly hungry so that mm-hmm. afternoon snack made such a difference for her personally which was amazing yep. to see absolutely and if you don't eat enough calories that your body needs throughout the day your body will try to control your cravings to get those calories in and then that's when we have those cravings for really salty foods really sweet foods Mm. um and it's basically our body finding a way to get calories in so you may as well stretch it out across the day and eat really regularly and feel really satisfied by the end of the day Mm -hmm. definitely so i reckon that is all for the busting health myths that we have time for today but I reckon we'll come back and do round two because I know that we didn't get to some of the um, myths which is fine so we might come back and do another one because there was quite a few more but it has been great but one thing that I get or ask all of my podcast guests is some quick fire questions so Claire what is one thing (laughs) that you must do every morning to set your day up um coffee and brekkie no mm. brainer. I love coffee, love the taste. Yep. Um, so must have a coffee um, and then must have a really good brekkie as well. <laughs> yeah, love it. What is one thing everyone can do every day to improve their life? I think setting yourself a small goal for the week to do every single day no matter how small it is um, and then aim to achieve that every single week because small habits create big changes mm-hmm. and anyone can practice something small that um, so little every single day to create that habit. I love that so much because you're so right mm-hmm. and I think sometimes we get so caught up on the bigger picture we yeah. do need to break it down and things don't have like the goals that you set they don't have to be anything enormous they can be so incredibly small like yeah for a random example yeah. it could be just making sure that you have breakfast every morning that could be a goal that you set yeah yourself. yeah yeah perfect what is your favorite quote and why um yes i have two I have, you don't know what you don't know. And I think Mm. that it's really interesting, especially 
Um, as a dietitian, yes, I'm accredited and have gone through um, study, but there's always something else to know, to learn, um, to accomplish and to research. So um, I always like to question everything. Um, nutrition is super complicated. So it's always, mm -hmm. we're always going to find new things as well. So we just don't know what we're going to find yet. So to constantly challenge yourself. And then the next one is if someone tells you no, you're asking the wrong person. Oh, I love both of those. Because you're right, and research, there's always new research coming out. Yep. Things are always evolving. So you're right, we always got to go into that. And, yeah, I love the second one as well. Get down to the bottom of it <laughs> until you get the answer that you're looking for. Or you you yes. trust your gut feeling. If it doesn't feel right, yeah. it's probably not. So keep searching until you get there. Yeah, and never feel limited as well. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> one final question that I love to ask all of my podcast guests is in the distant future when you are looking back at your life what do you think will be your biggest achievement or one thing that you will be most proud of so this could be something that you have already done or it could be something that you are hoping to do in the future yeah I think um doing everything for the purpose of where I wanted to be. Mm -hmm. So where I am now was basically my dream job, working with um, clients and my dream clients and um, running my own business. It's always something I was working for. And I think um, consistently reflecting on the journey it took me to get here, it was not easy. Nothing is easy. It was, no. I had a lot of setbacks. So um, yeah, I think most proud of getting to where I am now and making the changes and sacrifices and getting out of my comfort zone um, to get to get those dreams. Incredible. I think what you're doing and what you're putting <laughs> out there, it's so amazing to see. So tell the audience, Aww, thank you. do you have anything coming up that you want to share with them? And also where can the listeners find you? Um, yeah, so launching my website soon um my yeah which is super exciting my instagram is nutrition foodition um and my tiktok is nutrition foodition without the n so that's where i post all my recipes mm -hmm. and easy budget friendly time efficient meals <laughs> amazing so definitely yeah head yeah. over there and check it out i'll put both of the links for all of that in the show notes as well so the listeners have easy access to it all. But if you're looking for some inspiration for dinners, snacks, easy lunches, whatever it is, definitely go over and check out the videos because they are incredible. But thank you so much for coming on and um, sharing so much insightful knowledge with us. I think we busted quite a few health myths today and I'm sure that a lot of people will be able to walk away having a lot of aha moments. Yeah, hopefully that's the goal. But thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed it. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Naked Wellness Podcast. I had so much fun recording this episode and I know we unfortunately didn't get through all of the facts, myths and health info. So there will definitely be a part two of this episode. So let me know what is one health myth that you didn't know, but now you are well aware of. Let me know, head over to my Instagram. It is KJ Wellness with three S's and send me a message because I would love to hear from you. What was your favorite part about today and what's one thing that you learned? But otherwise, I hope you enjoy the rest of the day or the night, wherever you are. Take care.